Jeff, Lori, band, guys sounded great. That brass ensemble sounded great too. Thank y'all. Such a good job. You guys are up here earlier. And thank you, Trey. That was a lot pack in there with the welcome and then the video. And Tiago, I don't know if you're here this morning, but he's a great job on the video. Tiago and, and Jesse, I mean, uh, St. Jesse, Jessica and little Sammy, a great family in our church. And we really are. You'll see videos like that probably for a few months uh, here at Great Hills. We're really em emphasizing discipleship. Is that y'all? There you are. God bless y'all. Good to see you. Uh, and You'll see more videos like that because we're really encouraging our people to be in Disciple Pass, discipleship groups. And so we do welcome you. And those of you that are online, God bless you. Thank you for being with us. We have a lot of people out uh, today traveling. Got a lot of people out with the, uh, I don't know if it's the Omicron or the Delta, but it's one of the coronavirus deals. And so I know many of y'all are watching this online. So we welcome you and uh, praying for you. God brings blessings and healing to your body. And uh, we miss you when, when you're not here. So. Uh, I tried to do this last week. I'm going to try it again if, if Gary is in the house. Is Gary Hendrickson here? There you are. Gary, God bless you and Megan and your three kids. We welcome you. We're glad that you are a part of our church. And while I'm thinking about it, I got a little gift for you. So if you and Megan can just make your way up here, I want to give you a little something just to welcome you. Ashley, if you'd help me out. And um, I want to introduce to you, these guys are our new um, uh, college. Uh, he's our college pastor. And uh, this is Gary and Megan Hendrickson. And they have three kids, and two of them, I guess, are in the, in the nursery. Or they're out playing in the snow, as Jeff was talking about a minute ago. So, so we want to welcome you guys and say God bless you. Glad to have you all part of our team. And uh, Megan, this is awesome. This is good. Just a, a little you. gift here. Yeah. Thank you. So Gary's going to be serving in our college ministry and working with uh, students all over the greater Austin area. And we're excited about him and his ministry. You were in the Army, tell me, 11? 12 years. 12 years. So I have great respect for guys like that. Amen. So comes from a great church out in uh, West Texas and highly recommended to us. And we're, uh, we're delighted to have you. I know you had some bumps along the way to get here. <laughs> and man, they've had some trials getting here. And so we're just glad that you're here. God bless you, and we look forward to serving the Lord with you, Gary. All Thank right, you, all right, all right. Thank God you. bless you. Have a seat, man. All right, so if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to open it up with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to finish up our series of messages today on No Fear This Christmas. And this is the third of the trilogy of sermons that I prepared this, uh, this holiday season, this Christmas season. And Really looking forward to sharing this one with you. Some of my favorite characters in all the Bible are these unknown, inconspicuous, anonymous people just known as the shepherds. We don't have any names for them, uh, but they are there, and they have a very prominent role uh, in the nativity, in the birth of Christ. And so I want to accentuate them, highlight them, emphasize them, uh, because of, particularly because of the message uh, that God sent them, same message, that he sent Joseph. Remember three weeks ago, we looked at that same message that, or two weeks ago, that he gave uh, Mary. And it's the same, I mean, it's the verbatim message that God sent the angels to tell Joseph, to tell Mary, and now to tell the shepherds. And you can summarize it just like this. Don't fear. Do not be afraid. Have no trepidation because God has come. The incarnation is happening. Jesus Christ the Word is made flesh, and so we should not fear. He has entered into 
our darkness, our hurt, and our sin. And that is the message that God, I had no idea Omicron was on its way. I mean, who would have, who would have thought? I mean, some people predicted it. Uh, most people just prayed it wouldn't happen, but it, but it is here and it's affecting a lot of people. And there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of ambiguity. Like, I don't, I don't know what the future holds and we're going to have to deal with this every, every year. And I don't know. We don't know. But I do know this, that God's in control. Can I get a witness? Can somebody say amen? <laughs> Work with me. <laughs> amen. Amen. Thank you. Jeff gave you a little admonition. Let me give you another little admonition. I think it's, I think it's Christmas hangover. I don't know what it is, man. Come on. We got to smile. We got to be joyful that we're here. And uh, I'm joyful. I'm thrilled to be here. I get to preach the Word of God. I'm a, I tell you what, if y'all don't get too excited, I'm going to go for about an hour and a half this morning. I, I feel it in me, you know. I know. That'll bring out the excitement in you. All right. But let's read uh, Luke chapter 2. I just love, oh, it's just like my favorite of all the verses of the Christmas narrative. Luke chapter 2. I want to begin reading in verse 8. And I know it's, um, I know it's kind of a lengthy text, but man, it just, oh, it just blesses me every time I get to read it and share it with you. All right, here we go. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And verse 9 says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. Now just wrap your mind around that for just a minute. You are a shepherd. You are a common day laborer. It's not the most pristine and privileged job in the world. You're just out there sleeping with these sheep, smelling like these sheep, protecting these sheep, and lo and behold, you and your buddies are interrupted by an angel. You say, well, that wasn't really literally an angel. Surely it was a figurative, you know, meta, you know just a metaphor, analogy. No, it was an angel. And this angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of God shone around them and they were what? Somebody help me. They were not just, not just afraid. What does it say? They were great. Wouldn't you be afraid? <laughs> You're just bebopping along, keeping your sheep by night and lo and behold, God sends an angel. Then the angel said to them, here it is, do not be afraid. That is a mild translation. I'm not going to bore you with all the grammar and all the syntax. I've already done all that homework and research, but here's a really good translation. Stop. Stop. Same, same word he gave Joseph. Same word he gave Mary. They are freaking out. What? What is happening? And the angel says, stop. Stop being afraid. Have you ever noticed when God's on the scene, fear just has a way of leaving? I mean, God comes on the scene and he goes, all right, guys, I know this is freaking y'all out a little bit, but stop being afraid and here's why. I got terrible news for you. The world is going to hell in the handbasket and so are you. Good luck. Hope you make it. No, just the opposite. Behold, I bring you good tidings of, and I love this Greek word here. It's the Greek word mega, megale. It's where we get the word mega, huge, large, prodigious. I give you great Joy, which will be to all the people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David. What in the world? Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You're going to find this baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. You got to go take a right, Jerusalem, go to the temple, go past, and you'll find this palatial, huge, grandiose 
beautiful building and it's ornate and it's gorgeous. And, and that's not what it says. You'll find him in a manger. Does anybody know what a manger is? It's a feed trough. It's something that animals eat out of. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm just, I'm, this just blows me away every single time. Ashley and I were talking about it on the way to church this morning. The Son of God, the incarnation, shepherds, Mary, peasant, Joseph, peasant guy, manger. I just, I just can't get my mind around it. Almighty God humbling himself to come to us. You'll find him, guys, lying in a manger. And suddenly that angel was not alone. There was a whole bunch of angels, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Whoo, we're going to worship. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and let us see this thing, <laughs> this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with spudo. Is the Greek, it's a, it's, I think it's where we get our English word speed. It looks just like it. As you transliterate it out of Greek, it's spudo, speed. And so with speed, I never envisioned it quite like now, but I'm thinking about these shepherds. They, I don't know. They got some long robes. They pulled them robes up. And they're like, man, let's get going. We got to run to Bethlehem. And they're on the outskirts of Bethlehem. And they run and they find them. They find Mary and Joseph. And there's a baby there lying in a feed trough, just like the angel said. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely Known Only time, that verb usage, in only time it's used in the entire Greek New Testament. There it is right there. They made widely known. This is a unique event. This is the incarnation. This is the Son of God coming to earth. He is born. Hallelujah. Angels are singing. Shepherds are running. Mary's going, what in the world is going on? And Joseph's like, yeah, what is going on? And there he is. And the shepherds are like, wow, guys. This is exactly what the angels told us in the field. And we got to tell you what we've heard from them. And they told them everything concerning this child. Now, all those who heard it. I've been really grappling with that verse this week. All of those. What's going on in the nativity? Where, where, who are these people? And the, the, the kings haven't come yet. What's happening here? Mary, Joseph, all of those. Why did it just say, and Mary and Joseph? I I don't know. There's people. Is the end so full that there are other people that have to sleep out, you know, in the, the stalls? And all those who heard it, they marveled. It means to be amazed at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, she kept all of these things and symbolo. She gathered them all in her mind, collected them in her mind, pondered them in her heart. This is the same lady, by the way, who's been impregnated by the Holy Spirit. She's probably going, oh, my word, what in the world? This baby is special. They're talking about angels. I know he's special. And, 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 and here these shepherds are telling me. And, and so the Bible just says Mary's just pondering them. I just love this. Here you have the supernatural of God, angels, virgin birth, 
all these amazing things. And yet you have this common lady, Mary, common guy, Joseph, and shepherds. It's almost the divine has come and co-mingling with humanity. And I'm telling you, friend, you can't write this off. This is not just fairy tale, myth, fable. This is the truth of God. God has come. God has come to this earth and he's placed in the placenta of a virgin named Mary, praise God, and here he comes. He's in the world, babe, born in Bethlehem to save the world. I can't get over it. Can you get over that? Do you believe it? I believe it. I believe it's so true. I believe it happened precisely like Luke is describing it to us. So the shepherds returned. They went back to work. But they're not the same. They're glorifying. They're praising God for all the things that they had heard and they had seen uh, just like it was told to them. Father, we thank you for your word. It is so powerful, so rich. We just want to feast upon it for a few minutes, Lord, to have our souls uh, satisfied. We hunger, Lord. We thirst for the things of God. The things of this world, Lord, they pale um, they don't satisfy us. No matter how good that Christmas meal was, in a few hours, Lord, we're, we're hungry again. That's just part of living in this world. But with you, Lord, if you hunger and thirst, you will be fully satisfied. For they shall be filled. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you'd fill us up this morning. I pray the word of God would just leap off the page and into the hearts and the souls and the minds of the people who are listening here, Lord, and the hundreds and hundreds of people, no matter, I don't know how many are watching and listening online, but I thank you for them, and I'm praying for them, for healing of the body. I'm praying for a conversion of the soul. We're praying, God, that you would speak to us in the midst of our fear. God, fear so, so palpable, Lord. I feel it. I feel it in this room. I see it on the the network news, I, I see them profiting off of the fear. And I see, Lord, the, the hurt that that causes. But thank you, God, that you care and that you came. And we rejoice in that today. So we pray, God, that you'd speak to us, encourage us. And, Lord, I pray that commitments of life would be made today, that people would yield to you afresh and anew. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, there are three things I want to share with you from the text, taken from the Word of God. And just pray that God, you know, He just applies the truth of the Bible to your heart, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with. I know there are, there's a lot going on, unexpected events, crises, uh, bad news, unpleasant surprises, sudden shocking occurrences, all these things we experience in the here and now. And God knows that. And God cares for us, and God intervenes. He enters into this black night of sin and, and ugliness and degradation and pain, and God comes in the form of a babe. Jesus Christ, from all eternity, comes to this earth to say, I bring you peace, I bring you joy, I bring you salvation, and I bring you hope. The first thing I want to share with you is this. Allow the good news to replace your fear. Allow good news to replace your fear. Go back to the shepherds, and there they are in their, in their occupation, in their profession. They're watching uh, the sheep. 
It's interesting when you, when you studied these guys and who they were and what they did for a living, they, they, they were they're kind of like today when you, you think about people that may not, the world may not look upon as the most prestigious of jobs, but nobody, well, you can't operate without them. For example, people who drive vehicles, trucks back and forth across America, people say, yeah, well, that's, that's not a prestigious job. I'm, t- I'm grateful for them. Aren't you grateful for them? I'm grateful for them. Every time I go to HEB, amen. I mean, there they are, Target. I mean, the big trucks, there they are. We, we appreciate them. We, we lean on them. That's the way I see these shepherds. They are taking care of the sheep. They will shear them. People will use it for clothing. They will slaughter them. People will eat. They will, they will be sacrificed in the temple. This is an important job, even though it may be low on the totem pole as far as notoriety and prestige, privilege, and honor. But there they are. Let's see these rascals. And they're like, they're, they're watching these sheep. Sheep are dumb. They don't have a lot of sense. They, they go off to places they should not go. And the shepherds are like, don't go over there. And then you got these jackals and these wolves and these hyenas and they're coming and they want to devour these sheep and the, and the shepherds are there with the cudgel, you know, with the sheep shepherd's staff crook and knocking them away. And then you got people, you got mean people. You always got mean people in the world, right? You got thieves. The thief does not come except to steal and kill and destroy. Here they come and, and the shepherds are like, no, 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 not with my sheep. I'm going to take care of my sheep and I'm going to fight you off and I'm going to take care of my family. These, I'm going to take care of my sheep. These sheep know my name. Isn't that funny? I, these sheep, they, even though they're dumb, they, they get out of whack. Sounds like us, doesn't it, a lot? Not very intelligent sometimes. We go places we should not go. We make ourselves vulnerable to the enemy. Praise God, we got a good shepherd, amen? We got the good shepherd, Jesus, who watches over us and protects us. And so here these shepherds are, and they're just doing their deal. And lo and behold, ordinary night's gonna take on an extraordinary dimension. The Shekinah glory of God, folks. That's what's happening in verse nine. This is not just glory, like, ooh, glory. This is beautiful. I mean, look at them stars. There ain't no stars doing that. That's the glory of God. It's his angelic host. And they've invaded the Middle East. And they've come down near Jerusalem. And they, and I don't know how, I'm trying to picture this in my mind. I, I, sometimes I have them up in the sky. At other times I have them down on the ground. I don't know. They are there and they're surrounded with the glory of God. And this is where they tell them, stop being afraid. Now, please look at this with me in verse 10. Ooh, I got so excited. I get to show you all this. Look at verse 10, all right? Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. We talked about that. Stop, don't fear, for behold. All right, here it comes. I bring you good tidings. How many words did I just read off? (laughs) Church, five, Brother Danny. I saw your hand. There were five fingers up there. I bring you good tidings is one Greek word. Isn't that interesting? I know you're just dying to hear what that Greek word. Well, I'm about to tell you what it is, all right? Uangalitso. You say, well, what is that? You transliterate that right into English. That is exactly where we get the word evangelism. Isn't that cool? Evangelism is not bad news. <laughs> I bring you great news. And there's a Savior 
who has been born. You and I are the shepherds today. We are the evangelists today, and we bring good news to people, and it's not bad news. It's great news. Even though they don't want to hear it sometimes, we still have to share it and proclaim it and teach it and preach it and engage people because why? Because God told us to. He said, I bring you good news. Oh, I love it. Of great joy, megale joy, the Savior has been born. In verse 11, the angel tells the shepherds precisely where he will be born. It will be Bethlehem. Now, I'm going to go back 750 years with you in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. And here it is. But you, Bethlehem, it prop the something. I can't pronounce that word. Ephratha. Is that okay? Okay, good. Sound good to you? Amen. Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you, I'm glad some of y'all are sitting down because y'all have never seen this verse before. Out of you shall come forth to me the one who is to rule Israel, whose going forth are of old from everlasting to everlasting. Do y'all catch that? It's going to happen in Bethlehem. Almighty God is coming to Bethlehem. He's from age to age. He's, he's always existed. Do y'all know that? Our great, awesome, triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Son of God is coming. And Micah, the prophet, in 5 2, 750 years before it ever happened, said, It's happening. It's coming. And there he is. And the shepherds are like, Wow. Just like the prophet of old has said, the babe born in Bethlehem is the Messiah. Wow. In verse 12, we read of the specifics of the Savior's birth. The angel tells them, this is the sign. You'll find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in garments that you placed a newborn in. That's all that is. We glamorize that, the swaddling clothes. It's just baby clothes, y'all. It just wrapped him up just like you would wrap up every other baby. And he'll be recognized because he will be the one placed in a feed trough uh, in, in a manger. And the shepherds went and they found it exactly the way the angel had predicted. This is good news. I bring you mega joy good news. My favorite verse in all the book of Proverbs, I want to share it with you. It goes like this. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. I bring you a good word today. This is great news no matter how dark it gets, no matter how much Omicron is going to spread, no matter how much fear the enemy may throw at us, I've got good news. God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God. If all people should be rejoicing, if all people should be, uh, you know, not flinching in the face of fear, it should be us. All right, second thing I want to share with you is this. Move forward. Move onward. This is the word God gave me in a prayer meeting at Great Hills uh, just a few weeks ago. I can't get this word off of my heart. I think it's going to be a significant word in 2022 for Great Hills Baptist Church. I believe it's coming. I believe the Lord's really going to give me a word for January 16th as I share with you the state of the church message, where we are going into the future and in the foreseeable future for many years to come. And, and it's this word onward, forward, upward. It just has the sense of alacrity and, and mobility and, and trending trajectory upward. And man, that's, that's the Holy Spirit of God. I believe he's speaking to us saying, let's move forward. Hey, shepherds, come on, boys. It's time to go. Giddy up. 
saddle your horses. We're moving on into Bethlehem. You got to get going. Suddenly, an angel with a multitude of angels, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, verse 15, when they, the, the angels left, the shepherds said, oh my goodness, let's go. Y'all with me in verse 15? Let us now go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see. I like the way one writer puts this when he talks about, I bring you good news, great joy for all people. And he puts it like this. He goes, shalom, peace for Israel is tied up with the shalom of the cosmos. It should not be read in an exclusive sense. That is, not peace only to a select group whom he favors, but in an inclusive way. In the birth of this child, God's mercy has fallen on the world, end of quote. His mercy has fallen on the world. Verse 15, after the angels departed into heaven, the shepherds, I love this. They said, let's go. Let us now go with haste. Again, that word haste that has that connotation of of. of, of Moving quickly, speed, speedo. You know, I, I think sometimes this is where we, I think this is where we really miss God. Is it God is like, um, come on, <laughs> Let, let's get moving. And I, I would call it the spiritual Omicron of American Christianity is this. We are frozen and fixated on the now and the problems and the worry, and God has a whole lot more he wants us to do. Thank you. So many in the church have been hurt and they're paralyzed and frozen in time. And others who used to be in church, I mean, our, our city is saturated with ex-church members. And, and they have in their minds a justifiable reason why they're angry at God, they're angry at the church, somebody let them down, somebody offended them. That is the, that is the spiritual Omicron of American Christianity is this fixation on the current worries, fears, and my offense. And God is like, come on, people. You need forgiveness. You need to forgive people, and you need to get going because I got things I need you to do. So let's move ahead. Move forward, upward, onward, going ahead. I, I think the enemy loves us frozen. He loves us fixated on our offense and our worry and our fear and our pride and our anger. And again, church, from my vantage point as a pastor, I've seen this legion in our church. Legion, arms crossed, scowls on people's faces, mad, angry, justifiably so because of what, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, please forgive Move on. God is, God is big. God is, he's got, a, he's got so much for you to do and moving forward. Here, here are some things I want to share with you. There are different ways we can respond when God reveals himself. Number one, we can procrastinate. We can say, wow, that is great. We probably ought to do that tomorrow. <laughs> Anybody like that? 
No, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. We don't have to raise our hands, right? Yeah, God, you spoke to me. God, you even spoke to me on the day after Christmas, December the 26th, and the word of God was read. The word of God was preached. Those people up there singing praise. And I felt the spirit of God move me and touch me. And I felt like maybe I ought to do something, but no, I think I'll put it off. I'll put it off. I'll procrastinate maybe next time, maybe next Sunday. Number two, people get puzzled. And here comes the analysis of paralysis. They're like me in golf. I just, I analyze golf to death. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, your greatest strength in preaching is your weakness in golf. I said, well, thank you a lot. I don't know, what does that mean? Well, you're very detailed and you're very analytical and that don't work on the golf course. You just gotta have fun. You just gotta tee it up and hit it. Get going, quit analyzing stuff and just, anyhow, to puzzle. Number three. We get preoccupied. I'm so glad the shepherds did not say, wow, this is really neat, but we need to get back to our sheep. Okay. And that's something. This is amazing, but man, God has spoken. The Messiah has come. That's pretty cool, but we, we need to go take care of the sheep. Preoccupation. You know, our kids are young. We got one shot to get them in church. But they're in their select soccer and their select basketball. We, we gotta let them do that. We gotta let them do that because that's more important than church. That's preoccupation. And that will be the demise of American Christianity. I feel it, I sense it. This generation's lackadaisical, amb ambivalent attitude is the destruction of the next generation. So let's don't be preoccupied, man. Is it, is it true? Has God really come? Has God really offered salvation to the world? Is the most important thing in this world Jesus Christ and knowing him and making him known? Well, if it is, saddle up your horse and whoo, we got a trail to blaze. Come on now, I'm feeling a Holy Spirit moment here. We, we got to get going. And the enemy of God says, no, you don't. You've got a whole other things you need to be doing and your kids need to be doing. 1% of every child that plays high school football goes on to play professional football. Did y'all know that? 1% in millions. Preoccupation. Then the last one is the best. Passionate pursuit and move forward. God has big plans for you and me but we got to get moving ahead. You know, sometimes we just, we miss God. And I think when I look back on my own life and big events where I just missed out, it was, it was one of these things. I was procrastinating. I was analyzing it too much. I was preoccupied. I, I wasn't I wasn't stepping out on faith and doing what God wanted me to do. I'm so glad those shepherds, they didn't do any of that. They just said, man, God has spoken. Now, some of y'all, I know, I know what you're thinking. I'm not a mind reader, but I'm close. Here it comes. But if an angel spoke to me, that's when I would do. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I'm telling you, I'm no angel, but I'm speaking to you. This is the word of God. Will you move forward? Will you move ahead? We were in China a number of years ago on a mission trip, and I was uh, with a group of, of guys and gals, and we were all over the country. In fact, 
And that trip, we also went to Vietnam and um, went to Cambodia and China. It was crazy. It was, I mean, we were going, going, going. Flew in the Russian helicopter with no, I mean, no, it was just open. I was like, what? I was sitting in a lawn chair with no seat, in a lawn chair in a Russian helicopter with the backside open, flying over the country of Cambodia going, I've lost my ever-loving mind. I'm, I'm going to fall out. I'm going to fall out right here. And I was like, and these other people have lost their mind. What am I doing? But I had one of the best times of my life. I was moving forward with God. I was on mission with God. And, and then they said, well, our group, we had a guy in our group. He was a multi-gazillionaire, and he, he, he had arranged some things for our trip. And one of them was, we're going to go to the Great Wall of China. And then the emperor's per, personal chef is going to prepare a meal for our group. That's pretty tall cotton, you know. They said, well, isn't that going to be great? And I said, well, not for me. Not for me. And they said, well, what, what, what is your problem? What do, you, what do you got to get back to? Well, I've missed one Sunday of preaching, but I got to get back. I can't miss two Sundays. And I did. I left the whole mission group, went by myself to Shanghai, got mistreated, almost missed my flight, finally made it to Beijing, and then flew forever and ever to Washington, D.C. I landed at 5 a.m. My assistant pastor picked me up, and I preached three times that morning, 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11. 9.30 and 11, I sat down because I was about to pass out while my friends were eating the emperor's food and going around the Great Wall of China. I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. That's what I am. I feel like the, the Grinch. You're an idiot. I missed God. I missed out on a wonderful thing. Why? Because I'm in my own mind. I'm in my own world. Do you think Liberty Baptist Church would have cared an iota if their pastor missed two Sundays instead of one? I don't know. I'll just share all that with you. I'm not sure why. I hope it speaks to somebody. Number three, moving right ahead. Share the good news. Oh, tell the good news. And here it comes in verse 17. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all who heard it, they marveled. They're like, what? you got to be kidding me. Shepherds, angels have been talking to y'all. Mary keeps it all in her heart. The shepherds return praising God. <laughs> Here's the way one, one of friends of mine, uh, Ken, Ken Witten, he's a pastor of Idlewild Baptist Church in Tampa. He's hilarious. This is not that funny. It's just, it just captures it in a sweet way. Here's what he says about the shepherds. My favorite Christmas characters are the shepherds. They heeded the message. They hurried to the manger. They heralded the Messiah, and they honored the master. You know, I think one of the greatest antidotes to humbug, negative, comparing, complaining, being offended Christianity is, let me say that one more time. I think one of the great antidotes, a powerful 100% accurate vaccination for humbug, negative, comparing, complaining, being offended Christianity is go tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. That is God's antidote. 
The most miserable people I ever meet are Christians who have forgotten their first love and they don't tell anybody about Jesus. They are the most miserable people in the world. They've tasted what it means to have joy, but over time and just over difficulty and over offense and worry and fear, misplaced priorities. I'm thinking about my own life in those seasons and those times in my own life. And I look at it and I go, that's when I was the most miserable. And maybe I'm preaching to some of you uh, today. Well, here's the antidote. It is to go make widely known. Praise God for these shepherds. Shepherds, they share with Mary and Joseph. And I don't know who all those other people, I don't know who all made the trip, who's all there at the end, but they're telling everybody. Eyes wide open, excited. When's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? That's what I thought. When's the last time you actually shared Jesus Christ with another soul? <laughs> I tried this week. There was a guy at the, uh, the oh, what do y'all call those places? Convenience stores, yes, gas stations, thank you. This is why I don't go off script much because I, 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 anyhow. And I, and I go in and um, I just ran my 21 miles. I, Friday. I don't know what your Friday was like, but mine was hard. 21 miles, running, training, Trey, you're right. If you don't train, you're not going to make it in the marathon. And I go in and there's hardly anybody in there. And I say, I need ice. And I took an ice bath. Can I get a witness? Anybody had an ice bath? That'll bless your heart. That'll bless your soul. And all parts of your body are frozen. It's awful. It's awful. But I mean, it's healing. It's healing. And I talked to the guy behind the counter. I said, it's Christmas Eve, Jesus. Jesus has been born. He said, you didn't do that, Brother Dan. That's ridiculous. You can't go. Go tell it on a mountain. Come on now. Let's tell the world. And that guy looked at me like I had horns coming out of my head. He was like, huh, what, 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 whoa. And he just turned around and walked on. Christmas to him was everything but a babe born in Bethlehem who come to save the world. But you know what? That's not going to deter me. I'm, I'm going to share with I'm going to share with the next person. I, why? Because God is worthy to be praised. His son would go on from the cradle to an old rugged cross, and he would hang up there in six hours, beaten, bloodied, shredded, weeping for my sin and your sin. And if he did all that for me and he did, I can't help but be a witness for him. I can't help but for people look at me strange sometimes or reject me or laugh at me. And let's face it, in America, that's about as bad as it gets, right? Go tell it on the Over the hills. What's the next part say? Do y'all believe that? Everywhere go. Share the good news. Luke says they returned and glorified and praised God. You know, those are happy people. 
Happy Christians are those who go and they share and they brag on Jesus and they tell everybody. It's Matthew 121 puts it like this. Can we see Matthew? Here it is. She will bring forth a son. You're going to call his name Jesus for he is going to do this. He's going to save his people. He's going to save us from our sins. Let's allow good news to replace fear. Let's move forward, upward, onward. Out of this paralysis of analysis, out of this offense, out of this worry, move forward and then let's share. Let's, let's tell the good news. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, if you would, close your eyes with me for a few minutes of contemplation, meditation. I've done this a couple times with our prayer group on Wednesday nights. I have not planned on doing this today, but I want to do it. I want to do it with you for just a moment. Just with no music yet. I mean, we'll, we'll sing in a moment. We'll, we'll stand. We'll, we'll, man, we're going to have our invitation. Praise God. We're going to greet people. We're going to we're going to do like we always do, but today's a little different. Here's what I want to ask you to do. Would you just ask God these two questions? But let me warn you before you do it, if, if you dare to do it, he, it's, it's intense and God will, God will respond. And I hope you're up for it. Here, here it is. Ask the Lord, is there anything that you need to tell me? Ask him. Say, Lord, is there anything you need to say to me? With your head bowed, with your eye closed, I... I prayed that prayer a few Wednesday nights ago. And in a, I mean, I just sensed the Holy Spirit of God tell me, trust me and get ready. That's, that's what I felt him tell me. I get the first part. I sure don't understand the second part, but I'm, I'm just going to try to obey. Trust me and get ready. Here's the second question I want you to ask of the Lord, if you would. You certainly don't have to. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> you certainly don't. Ask him, God, is there anything that you need me to do for you? Lord, is there anything that you want me to do for you? With your head bowed with your eyes closed, I... I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I really do. God will never impress you or tell you something contrary to his word. For example, if you're married, God did not whisper to you, leave your wife and marry your girlfriend. That, that's not God. God doesn't speak contrary to his word, but he speaks. And when you speak... Mm, in the place of peace be still 
Here's what the Lord spoke to me, and I'm, I just shared this with you from my heart. I hadn't planned on sharing this, but I want to tell you. Here's what he said to me. Be faithful. Be faithful. What is he saying to you? I'm just, I'm just asking you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the story of the gospel that Jesus Christ indeed was born. Shepherds welcomed him. Angels shouted. Mary pondered. And Joseph looked. And here we are 2,000 years later praising you, thanking you. But Lord, you weren't just born. You lived. You lived an amazing life of peace and justice and compassion. You healed people. You saved people. You raised dead people. You did all these amazing things, and then you died. At 33 years of age, prime of your life, you died. And he who knew no sin became sin for me, that I might become saved and righteous before God. Hallelujah. What a gospel. And thank you, Jesus, that you didn't just die, but you rose up. Little babe born in Bethlehem died a substitutionary death on a cross, rose from the dead. He lives. He's alive. You're alive. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not praying to Muhammad who's dead or Buddha who's dead, Joseph Smith's dead, but Jesus, you're alive. And we worship you, the King. Is there anything you want to say to us? And is there anything you want us to do for you? Just let it be known. Just let it be known. And then God, give us the faith and the strength to step forward into 2022 and just do great and awesome things in your name. Maybe, maybe you're here today or maybe you're listening online and you may be in Las Vegas and Orlando or Alabama. Those are just the places that I know of, but you, who knows where you are? And I, I pray for you. I'm just curious if, if you want to. You don't, certainly don't have to, but maybe you can send us a note and just say, here's, here's, here's the decision that I made. Here's how God spoke to me. Or maybe you're in the room. I, I know it's mostly empty. I, I get that. I see it. But you're here. <laughs> that counts. God's here. That counts even more. What did he say to you? What does he want you to do? In a moment, when I finish this prayer, we're going to stand. We'll have a, a few pastors and ministers up here at the front. We're just going to stand and say, can we pray for you? Can we encourage you? And, and you come. Let us, let us pray for you. Let us, let us encourage you. And then afterward, uh, Ashley and I, we're going to be in the coffee shop. We just love meeting new guests and meeting new people. We'd love to meet you and just speak to you for a few minutes, a few moments. Remember what I talked about earlier when God speaks, the different ways we respond? Remember the first P, procrastination. Holy Spirit might really be heavy on you right now. I mean, like, really speak it. Please don't turn him off. You're not guaranteed another moment. You're not guaranteed another time. 
that he would be so heavy upon you right here, right now? Would you yield to him? If it'd do any good, I'd get on my knees. I would beg you before God and, and, and witnesses, I would beg you, please don't turn him off. This may be your very last time that he would plead with you so heavy, so strongly. Yield. Surrender. Father, I pray that in Jesus' name there be salvation, there be surrender of hearts in this room and online. I pray, God, for Christians who are frozen and hurt and offended. God, thaw them out, Lord. Thaw them out. Break the ice. Lord, I pray that they would be yielded to you. Praying for our invitation even now, that you would bless it, O oh God. And my prayer now, I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up and uh, stretch out a little bit. We're going to have this invitation. Jeff and Lori, I feel your presence. Y'all are with us. They're going to lead us in a song. We got folks up here that will pray with you, encourage you. I invite you to come. Maybe you're one of those who are like, Ooh, Holy Spirit's heavy on me. I've never experienced this before. I don't know what to do with this. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Just say yes. Yes, Lord. Come, come take somebody by the hand. Say, say yes, I'm here. Pray with me. Encourage me. I'm, I'm yielding my life to the Lord today. God bless you. God bless you as you come.